0: This week on Best Friend Energy.
1: Erin and I actually have very separate social lives. Erin, we have our own friends. She never invites me to her girls dinners ever and I wouldn't go if she even if she
2: did. It's a um, it's a fight. Sarah gets offended cuz I don't invite her but every time I've ever invited her she's like, "Uh,
0: I'm good, thanks." So <laughs> with your weird this is exactly this our This is dynamic. exactly what happens. Joanna gets so mad at me when she's not included but I'm like, "I've included you 77 times and you said no." Hi everyone! I'm Clea, and I'm Joanna, and this is Best Friend Energy. Welcome! Um, Today we're really excited. We get to talk with Sarah and Erin Foster. You might know them as the Foster Sisters, Uh, but they are individual human beings and separately very talented and and lovely. We love them both individually. Extraordinarily funny. Stand a hundred feet tall in the air, looking gorgeous. Minimum. While doing it, yeah. So we're going to talk to them, ask them all of our questions that we have. And then we're going to talk about a movie that apparently everyone is seeing in actual movie theaters. Wow. Cocaine Bear. Doesn't sound up (laughs) Joanna's alley, but we are are going to talk about it nonetheless. And of course, we'll take some of your DMs. uh, But first, we're just going to take a little break and be right back.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
0: I have not seen it, which is, I'm sure, no surprise to you. I, I am shocked. <laughs> what if I said yes? I was at the opening. I would love it. I'd be like, tell me about it. Yeah. Well, we know a little bit about it because Jesse Tyler Ferguson, kind of, yes, t- he gave us a a, a little uh, peek into the world of Cocaine Bear. So, for anyone that doesn't know, this movie is absolutely killing it at the box Ooh, office. Fun? Um, it made $23 million wow. in its opening weekend. It was made for only $35 million, So wow. I don't know a lot of math, but that feels good. It feels amazing. Um, and it seems like it's becoming kind of a cult hit. I feel like everyone is talking about it. I see it all over TikTok. Um, it's a dark comedy, I guess, based loosely at least, on the true story of a drug smuggler who accidentally dropped cocaine from a plane into a forest in Knoxville, Tennessee. From a plane? Yeah, well, how do you expect to be transmitting illegal drugs? Okay, all right. No, I know, know, but dropped from the... No. Okay, so it dropped from a plane into a forest in Knoxville, Tennessee. Of course it happened in Tennessee. And it was eaten by a bear and the bear overdosed. Oh. I mean, it honestly sounds... Like it could happen. Yeah. Well, it is based off of his true story. I, I mean, Indy ate a pair of scissors the other day. <laughs> I know. So it's like you know, a picture. I know. And so I just think that if a mountain of something that looked like confectioner's sugar fell into a forest, I could see a bear that's, eating it. That's right. Like it could feel like a honeypot that's to them. Correct. You know? Right. So in the movie, Cocaine Bear doesn't die, but he does go on a killing oh, spree. Oh, okay. So I, there was a pun in there and you just didn't know it. Well, I haven't seen it. No, I know. So I can't pun if I haven't seen well, it. Well, it's a retroactive pun. No, I don't agree with that. I, I, my puns are intentional always. Jesse tyler Ferguson plays an animal rights activist who tries to help the Carrie Russell character search for her missing daughter. Ooh, I don't know if I can do bear killing and missing no, daughters. No, no, no. Definitely one or the other. Do you think the bear killed the daughter? I, I'm not going to be on this ride, I don't think. Okay, well, we talked to Jesse about this when we chatted for our pod, but he didn't give, give us any insight no, about No, I didn't what know about happened. the daughter. I know. That, I can't stand, when there's a daughter involved, I feel like I get very stressed. Yeah, but Apparently, twenty-three million dollars of people did not get stressed. No, I, 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 do think it's something that I would watch. Oh, you! Uh, this has your name all over I it. I know. I feel like John would like it, so maybe I should this, wait for yeah, him. This has your name all over it. So the only thing is, I do have. I, you just saw a bear in real life. I did, but I, I have like a fascination and an intense fear of bears. Oh well, of course, but I do too. I mean, you know how I am about any wild, large animals. I know. Predatory and, animals. And I, which is just like a weird character <laughs> but trait. I, lo- that I you love am predatory obsessed, animals. Obsessed. It's so crazy. Yeah. But also, I think valid. I just don't like the predatory animals that I'm afraid of. No, no, no. But that's part. That's why I like them. Well, I like the, but I mean, I'd be fascinated to see a shark, a bear, things like that. I get, it's snakes. It's just snakes. No. I, if there was a cocaine snake, I would move from this earth. I, I Right. If there's like a meth snake out there. Right. The cocaine snake is like what I picture like in Aladdin at the end when he becomes that terrible serpent or whatever. Oh. Do you Jafar. think that's like a cocaine snake? Yeah. I any even like an elderberry snake. Like I don't want any (laughs) snake. No, but you have the same fascination with dangerous animals. I do. I think everyone does because like they're rare. Like you don't often get so like an encounter. No, I'm obsessed. So I would be interested in seeing a bear in real life up close. I would not be interested in seeing a bear filled with a mountain of cocaine though. Right. But you might not know. I think you would actually. I know. When I saw the bear, I definitely didn't know if there was cocaine. He probably wasn't on cocaine. I guess not. One time in New York City, there was a rat that was on something and he was running down Madison. I think it was a he. He was running (laughs) down. He had a bow tie. He was running down Madison Avenue and people were throwing themselves into the street to get away. And I think it was like a meth rat or like, you know, some kind of cocaine rat. Okay. And because he had no fear of people. And I feel like a cocaine bear would also have no fear of people because he would just be like, "Ah!" (laughs) you know, and just be like on cocaine. All right. So I, so that's kind of a no for me, but I would like to see a bear in real life because I don't actually think I've ever seen one no, up close. No, it was very close to me. Yeah. Very close. That, that would be really And I was like, oh, you're not a statue. You move. Right. And then I was like, back away slowly. Back away slowly. Weren't you in a car? No, that was the second time. The, the, oh, I didn't even know there was a second time. Oh, It's a miracle you no, lived. No, no, no. This That was the second time, two times this year. And the first one... Wait, but what just happened? The, that was a car. Okay. I was in a car. All right, you... Are varying than the one that you almost got mauled. Oh my god! (laughs) What is wrong with your brain? This is from watching Seinfeld too much. I'm sure of it. My brain just doesn't even do this. They don't even do that on Seinfeld. I don't know how. I don't know what you do to get to get it to come out. (laughs) All right. What is? What are? What are? uh, You were telling me about your close encounter with a bear. So close. I was in the mountains and the bear. I thought it was a statue. You weren't like hiking no but i'm just saying you're just making it sound like you were i was not hiking i was yeah. not hiking no but Being like a wilderness person i am not a wilderness person yeah so wh- h- tell me how did you see the bear because i i was in the mountains even, even though i wasn't hiking yeah but it looked like one of those it was so like a still. Smoky, the bear yeah like it was so still and then it moved and then i jumped which I, it was not what you're supposed to do right yeah and depending if it's a black bear or a brown bear you're supposed to react differently one you play dead for one you back away slowly are there both black and brown bears in the Smoky Mountains? No, I think it's only black bears. So what do we need to do for them? Back away. Back away. Yeah. Not jump. You and don't, not no, dead. you don't play dead. Okay, so let's ask everyone listening, um, are you going to see Cocaine Bear? Have you seen Cocaine Bear? Is this a movie? I think 99.9% of me doesn't think this is a movie for Joanna. No. I don't know if I should watch it. I think you can handle it. Well, we'll see. I might. I might. Okay. All right. We'll talk a little bit more right after this break. Today on Best Friend Energy, we are so excited. We get to talk with Sarah and Erin Foster. This is a long time coming. We basically pulled them over at like a gala that we were at together at Baby to Baby. And we were like, under under the threat of violence, will you please come on our please. podcast? <laughs> please be on our podcast. So let, let me just give all of their accolades because they are so ridiculously impressive. First of all, I want to say this isn't on the card, but I think you guys are two of the funniest people I've ever known in my whole life (laughs) to the point where it's annoying because you're you're also too pretty to be that funny. (laughs) Exactly. I didn't want to say it, but I feel no. I said it. It's it's really annoying. Okay, they they are so freaking impressive. They make TV. They're co-heads of creative for Bumble. I have Joanna and I miss Formerly, Formally. Oh, formerly. Oh, formerly. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, we'll get into that, but Not I, in a negative
2: way. Just, they went public. Oh. And so we, we are, we don't, we're very proud of having been that.
0: Okay. Well, okay. They have a successful fashion brand, favorite daughter, which I love. I think you guys make the best blazers. They have a podcast. There is literally nothing they can't do. So we are so excited. Sarah and Aaron. thank you guys for joining us. Thank um, you. I, I have, mean, to be
1: clear, you didn't have to, like, twist our arm that hard. You were like, we do the podcast. I was like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> that's true. You guys are the hometic girls. Like,
2: whatever you want, we'll do.
0: Just for people who are getting to know you, obviously, your sisters. You grew up in L.A. You grew up in, you know, a, a very celebrity family. Let's just be honest. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you grew up in this kind of light. Your brand favorite daughter tells a whole tale. But what, what is your dynamic like? And what was it like growing up?
2: Um... Well, luckily our dynamics very different as adults than it was as kids. I mean, we grew up in a lot of chaos for sure. And a really big family that was very, there's a lot of mixed families. There was a lot mm. of divorces and step siblings and a lot of different people. So it was chaotic. So I can't say that either one of us feel like we were the best version of ourselves as young people and teenagers. And so it took until we had grown out of that stuff and I think, um, figured out who we wanted to be outside of, of that family dynamic and to figure out how to even have a relationship with each other.
1: But it's so crazy because like we really did... We've figured out through all of our therapy and through our own podcast, which is like therapy, because we bring mm-hmm. on so many experts <laughs> to dissect us and help us. But we've really figured out and come to terms with the fact that we had different childhoods, which is actually something that is true. Two people can grow up in the same home and really have different experiences mm-hmm. and come out the of birth, it the birth order, feeling very a big
0: difference. Right, right. That's so interesting. Yeah, that is. Wait, say more about this. I'm fascinated. So you both feel like you had totally different experiences growing up? I mean, I
1: think we did, yeah.
0: But I don't know if this course. is annoying for you or not. It probably at moments is and at moments isn't. But you, I think to the world, you seem like you guys, I mean, close isn't the right word because you guys are so funny together. But like, I think a package deal, you know, it's always... Aaron and Sarah. It's always Mm -hmm. the foster sisters. And were you guys like, hi, no, we had wildly different experiences and we're not actually the same human being? Well, first of all, we never
1: like set out to be like a duo. That's first and foremost. We were never like, ooh, let's be a duo. Like, let's (laughs) like like that was not something that we decided to do. Aaron and I had were on very different paths. Aaron was writing on a Ryan Murphy show on NBC, and I was acting on. You know, television shows, and we never—it never even occurred to us to do anything together until Barely Famous, until Mm -hmm. in our thirties, until she was like, "I have an idea for a show. I'm going to write it. You're going to act in it. Let's cast it. Let's let's sell it. Let's see if we can sell it." That was the first time that we ever even done anything together.
0: It it just just Barely Famous was the first time. Yeah. We had never done anything. Wow. Well, you would have, you could have fooled everyone because I was like, Oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. Like now this relationship's on TV and I can watch it, but (laughs) that is so funny.
2: No, I was just going to say to to Joanna, because I know you're asking about the, um, different childhoods thing. Like, do you have siblings? I do. I have a younger sister. Do you guys ever experience like when you talk about your mom, when you talk about your dad, when you talk about like the type of household that you grew up in, we just had this amazing therapist on our podcast named Vienna Farrow, who on Instagram is mindful MFT. And I love following her. And she talked about how every family has this, they they always have a motto of like, we're the family who this, or we're the family Mm -hmm. who that. And that if you don't naturally fit into the ethos of that family, you feel like an outsider, and. For Sarah and I, when we remember what kind of family we were, we have totally different experiences because like our mom confided in her about certain things I didn't know about. My dad confided in mm. me about certain things that she didn't know about. We were we were having different experiences. Like Sarah had a totally different relationship to money growing up than I did. I grew up thinking we had a lot. Sarah grew up thinking we didn't have anything because of the different conversations that parents were having with each of us. So it like, it kind of molded us in different ways. And then as an adult, it was really challenging because we felt like the other person's um, memory was either failing them or they were just lying because like that was not our experience (laughs) i could could see
0: that being a total problem. like with us i'd be like you're wrong yeah so Mm -hmm. it's sorry that your lived experience is different but you're wrong wow yeah fascinating though
1: really fascinating there's also something interesting too which i experience as having two daughters i parent my daughters differently Mm -hmm. not intentionally but Mm -hmm. they're so different they need different parenting and where one, I can see my older one one day being like, my mom was really hard on me, and she was so easy on Josie because Josie mm-hmm. needs TLC in a different way. Like I really am parenting them differently. And someone yeah. pointed that out. Maybe it was Erin actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we were parented differently, and our and we never grew up with our mom and dad in the same house. So, so yes, look. It was, was it complicated? Yes. Do a million kids have very complicated childhoods? Yes. But at the root, when you're sisters, you are forced to like kind of hold hands and overcome it all together because you're sisters. Yeah. Okay, fine. There are siblings that are estranged, but how sad.
2: Like that Mm -hmm. was just never going to be on the table. Like, because it's the only person who knows exactly what it's like to grow up in your household with your two parents. And that is something I think I really feel for only children because everyone has, fucked up shit from their parents that they want to vent to somebody. And, you know, Sarah and I can vent about our mom, but if somebody else was like, oh, your mom's crazy, I'm like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Right, you, know, you, you would can't have to t- five, You right. can't right. have those conversations, even with like your husband, probably. Like it yeah, really right. has to be with siblings. So it's a special relationship for sure. I mean, I always
1: wanted to be an only child. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Until I was like 25, I was like, oh, I really wanted to be an only child.
0: I understand people loving being an only child but i'm with you i feel like it would make me really sad but joanna's the closest thing i have to a sister yeah we're Aww. no foster sisters yeah no but it is is a sisterly love it is a sisterly love and you can only if anyone talks about joanna i will take my earrings off but <laughs> if, if I, but i can say anything i want to <laughs> you know
1: yeah but that's the goal in life right like of making course. girlfriends or sisters like having girlfriends that you could consider family yeah. i mean I, I look at my daughters and I think more about like, I'm so obsessed with them finding their tribe more than I am right. about like what job they're gonna have. Like totally. it's so
0: important. We talk about that. this a lot. We do,
1: absolutely. And to have healthy female relationships are a must.
0: Um, so speaking of friends that you pick versus friends that you grow up with in the same household, like, I mean, you can't play favorites obviously, but like Jen Meyer is like, is like a sister, right? how do you bring in that tribe into your life? Like, do you guys have to agree on someone mutually or is it like you have some and you, you know, how, how does that work?
1: Aaron and I actually have very separate social lives. Erin, yeah, we, we have our own friends, she never invites me to her girls' dinners <laughs> ever and I wouldn't go I if understand. she even if she did. Sure.
2: It's a it's a fight. Sarah gets offended because I don't invite her, but every time I've ever invited her, she's like, uh, I'm
0: good. Thanks for having me with your weird friends. This is exactly this our is dynamic. Exactly what happens. Joanna gets so mad at me when she's not included, but I'm like, I've included you 77 times and you said no. She's like, and you don't want to go. No, she's I overheard her inviting someone that she didn't even know to the Super Bowl party and I was like, excuse me, I didn't get an invitation. She's like, Do you want to come? And I was like, No, I'm not gonna be able to go. Uh, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No,
1: you guys, it's really funny. We have very separate social lives.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sarah and I have different interests. That's the thing is like, we're not the sit we're, we're not like the most similar people. We have a good working dynamic. Yeah. I mean, we also fight a lot of work, but like our work works for us. But socially, like sometimes we want to do different things and it's
0: never, I don't think, really an issue. Um, Okay, let's talk about your line, favorite daughter, because now that I'm thinking about it, are you guys both favorite daughters, depending on which parent you ask? Or is there an actual favorite?
1: Honestly, there was no like deep thinking behind the name of this company. It wasn't like, oh, are you the favorite? Am I the favorite? It so wasn't that deep. It literally stemmed from Aaron. We had to come up with like an LLC like 15 years ago for some little thing and we couldn't think of it. So Aaron was like, oh, favorite daughter seems cute. Like when we were in our 20s. And then we never thought about it again. It wasn't like a public name. It was just like a
2: behind-the-scenes company name for something. It,
1: yeah. And then 15 years later, we were doing these T-shirt collaboration with this company. And we made like 15 T-shirts, like a million different sayings, uh, like you can imagine,
0: right? I think I have one of the early ones. Really? I might. I I, I, you might. I think I do. I think you do too. Yes. Now that I remember. I, I got, there were two at the time. Did Was it the same time Oh, that like you alpha made... female? Yeah. Undiscovered model. Undiscovered model. I think that I think yeah. that that's the one I have. And then shortly thereafter, maybe it was part of the same collaboration, you guys did like vote ones too, or was that a separate yeah, that's line? Right. Yeah. We did do a vote one. That's right. Anyway, I love Favorite Daughter.
1: Yeah, it was just one of 15. It was like nothing. And that happened to be the one that just took off. So then when we were building and wanting to like really create an actual lifestyle brand beyond t-shirts and sweatshirts, the obvious name was the favorite daughter
2: just because right, yeah. that was the t-shirt that sold that sold the most so it wasn't right. like it, it's like not we that. Could have just as easily started a company that was called Undiscovered Model, which I also think is a good name. It is. It a is name. a good
0: name. You might not want to hear mm-hmm. that right now. You jo- might want to say funny that. How, <laughs> how many similarities we have. But somehow Joanna and I have like the runty version of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but Joanna and I like years ago, we also just like decided to like put things on T-shirts. And like, I think that's why yeah. I know about your line, because I, I, you know, I register like what other people are doing. Ours are the- not a beauty blogger not we had not a beauty blogger that's cute. we had surviving not thriving and surviving not (laughs) thriving is like what really took off like we could have we could change the home edit to surviving not thriving and everyone would be fine with it but it is really interesting like you don't have to think too hard because people will tell you exactly we have a few more questions for Aaron and Sarah but first we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back Okay. We're back with Aaron and Sarah. What inspires you guys to work so hard at this stage? Right. Couldn't you just like take a nap? I don't, don't want to work hard. Oh, <laughs> oh you okay. don't. Okay. Wait, hold on a second. Coming from the person that is literally
1: in pre-production on her first Netflix show that she created wow. is like, it's going to be the biggest comedy that Netflix is getting, but she would never say it. <laughs>
0: Aaron,
2: tell us about your Netflix show. The announcement actually is coming out. I think right now, actually, it's nine thirty in the morning.
0: Oh yeah. my gosh! Right Congratulations! You're with us. Thank you. I feel like Let's that's Google such up. a like no. Yeah, hang on. to like shout this from the roof. This that is, is amazing. So amazing. I mean, amazing. Tell us about your show, if
1: you can. Tell us anything. Okay, I'll say because Aaron won't. Aaron created. She wrote and created a show. Steve Levitan, who created Modern Family, is executive amazing. producing. Kristen Bell is starring. Stop oh my it. god! It's a very, very big deal. That is the thing about Erin. She downplays everything in her life, which I guess is a good quality, (laughs) but.
0: (laughs) And what's it it called? So it's called Shiksa. Is Kristen Bell, she's the Shiksa? She is going to be the Shiksa. Yeah, exactly. I I understand. (laughs) I mean, I've never Mm -hmm. been one, but I but I but I understand the the concept.
2: Sarah's producer on the show. She's a very good producer. She's good at all the things that I am very bad at, which is many things. So it's great
0: to be able to do it. Really hard. I mean, like how how did you know that this was something you wanted to do? I mean, now you've done it over and over. She has. You know, it happened when
2: I was in my when I was in my mid twenties, and I was trying to be an actress for a long time, and I just didn't feel like it was like working and I kind of felt like I was chasing something that wasn't really right for me. And I, my girlfriend, Sophia Rossi, I don't know if you know her. Mm-hmm. Um, she had this blog that would, would like, it wasn't really a blog. But she had this website that was really popular called Hello, Hello Giggles. Giggles. Was, yeah, of course. With, yeah. With uh, yeah, yeah, Zoe. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It was Zoe Deschanel. Exactly. Well, so before that I, I started the, I started my own blog called totally confident and completely com, <laughs> And I would just write like little rants about whatever my life and you know, there's no PR at the time. There's no, like, I didn't know anybody or anything and and it was getting traction. And so then Sophia asked me to start writing a single girl's guide for her website and I started writing it and I just felt more myself. I just, it felt like a great way to feel more comfortable being myself. And like, I realized how many girls were relating to the things that I was going through and that this like kind of fearless honesty that was uncomfortable to do, but it seemed to really like resonate with with different women. And that's when I kind of realized that that was my like special thing was connecting with other women by admitting the things that were embarrassing in my life or that I was, you know, ashamed of or, you know, some mistake I had made or rejection that had happened to me or whatever it was. And it really started me on that path. And I just realized how fulfilling it was for me. And, you know, whenever something flows like that for you, it's usually the thing that's right for you. The other thing, like I say, I've said before that, um, you know, when I was acting, I was getting all red lights. And then when I started writing, I was getting all green lights.
0: And it mm, just interesting. made sense. All right. So we know Aaron doesn't want to work, but she's killing but it. But somehow, <laughs> <and> <laughs> somehow is being forced to because she's just talented. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like, it's interesting because like, obviously, Erin and I have sort of created this like ecosystem this foster inc ecosystem Mm -hmm. right where we have all these things but we don't really actually have the same skill set so we each really do offer different things and while she's going to be in a writer's room for 10 weeks i'll be dipping in and out of the writer's room as a producer on the show when the show goes i'll be on set more but i'll be tending to favorite daughter we also have an early stage venture fund oh tell us about that yeah that's amazing When Aaron and I were creative directors of Bumble from 2017 to the IPO, it was sort of like we were offered the job before it was kind of normal, right? For talent Mm -hmm. to be advisors and investors and front-facing. And when we got offered the Bumble gig, our lawyers were like, "How do we even structure a deal like this? Like, what do we call it? What are you? What is this? Right? It was just it wasn't the norm then, to the point where people in our in our world were like. I don't think you should take some, like, tech job. That's weird. You guys are, like, actresses and writers. People might not take you seriously in, quote, unquote, Hollywood if you go and take this, like, tech job where you're in an office, right? Mm -hmm. Granted, we're not comparing ourselves to Gwyneth Paltrow, who obviously did that as a founder. She's in a whole other, a whole other category, but that
0: for- spot you guys just did at the goop office was really funny. I was like, I, I was know. Like, but for LOL. Aaron and
1: I, who are not an A-list talent, like Gwyneth, it was just sort of like, Oh, I don't know if you guys should be doing this. Right. What, when you're still trying to build your sure. whatever. So through that, we just started getting tons of deal flow, right. Being front facing and really like in the weeds with a founder on how to grow and how to evolve and marketing and all those things. So We started doing a bunch of angel investing, writing, you know, a a lot of personal checks and our capital couldn't keep up with our deal flow. So we had to raise money. Now we're writing much larger checks. That's
0: amazing. That is so, that to me is like a really exciting piece of your business. And so are you, do you go after a certain group? Like, do you have a certain target? Is it young female entrepreneurs? We don't have a,
1: no, we don't have a mandate where it's like, oh, only, you know, 80% of our investors, uh, 70% of our LPs are females. We really invest in products where we can be the consumer and Mm -hmm. where we really feel confident that we can be of use and of value. You know, it's like founders need a lot more now. They need capital. They need Mm -hmm. a value add. Like it's more competitive to get allocations. So we don't really have a real mandate. It's just, it's, it's, it's a feeling. I mean, we've passed on investments where the product seems great. A lot of really interesting people are on the cap table also, but we just don't vibe with the founder. For us, it's really we operate and we learn this from Whitney Wolf, heard you
2: really operate on instinct.
0: So do you guys ever disagree on what that investment should look like?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that the fund is sort of the area
0: we argue the least that's amazing, um, actually, because it could it could be the worst.
1: No, but I make personal investments that she's right. been offered, that she passes on, and, and I do. Yeah, and then I
2: I want them to fail, but then they all succeed, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I never want to be proven wrong. She
1: said to me the other day, I invested in this company, Rowan, which mm-hmm. is incredible. It's like, it's that your peers saying they're opening like 20 mm-hmm. stores this year, and it, it's really an incredible business, and Erin keeps checking in. She's like, Wait, are they really doing those kinds of numbers? I'm like, yeah, honey.
0: Yeah, honey. They are. <laughs> oh, and then it's like no backsies. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That. Though I love that. I know. Joanna and I are gonna have God, to I feel do a so fun lazy. now. No, it's really good. because you we... feel so lazy? No, I'm right just now? taking notes and oh, that way we can notes. go and okay. do all these. Right, things. right, right, right. Okay, good, right. good, good, good. But you know, here's the
1: thing: is it? It wasn't born out of like, oh, everyone's doing it, we need to do it, right? Where I think a lot of people, and and I've done that before with things like, oh, should I start a blog? Everyone has a blog, or should right. I do this? Like. It was truly born out of a need, right? We didn't have the money that we, that we were getting opportunities, but we couldn't fulfill them, right? So we had a problem and we needed to fix it. We had all these exciting deals that we had to pass on because we're like, we can't keep writing checks. We have no more money. Yeah, right, 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 right. It was Aaron's husband that was like, guys, you're going to have to raise money. You can't keep passing on all these deals. Like you're mm-hmm. leaving so much on the table. Go
0: raise money right mm-hmm. i know i mean it's it's yeah. really good advice if you can like wrap your head around and is that it. nerve-wracking to do that to raise money something we've never done before Very. and i it's just
2: it's uncomfortable asking people for money and yeah. it's also
1: uncomfortable asking well we didn't go to friends we didn't yeah. go to friends
2: we try to, yeah right. we didn't go to friends because for the most part there's like a couple people but that's their business and they're a friend yeah um but they're already in that world so they understand it but i mean what would be worse than than losing money that your friends gave Literally, you for investments. Like, I would you move have to no Mexico. Control. No. Yeah, you have no control over the success of it or the failure of it. And we also don't think, you no, know, I think it's a little tricky when you mix all those things because then one of your business ventures, your you know, your friends have like inside knowledge on how those businesses mm-hmm, are going, whether right. they're up or they're down. And I just think it's like complicated. So we really tried, um, which made it a lot harder to not go to people that we were close to because it's so much easier yeah. to ask a friend to yeah. not, it's not loaning you money, but to invest yeah. in this thing that you're doing because they want to support you. It's a lot harder to introduce yourself to sure. a stranger and say, That's Oh, right. we've never done this before. Yeah. And we feel like we've proven ourselves in this space, but we're still, you know, you still be taking a risk on us. It's an unconventional right. pairing to be in this world. Um, put your money in yeah, it sounds pocket, awful, you know?
1: But like, Early stage, right? Early stage venture investing is high risk. It's high risk, but it is great reward. So everybody in our fund gets it, right? You don't want to have to explain like, all you really need in these situations is one, right? right? Later stage is less risky because companies are a lot of the time profitable or this is like, we really wanted people in this fund who get, who get that
0: it's risky, but get that the the reward will be very great. Every conversation, we have to allocate five minutes for hugs because it's like, you know, I mean, what what conversation doesn't need that? So our five minutes for hugs segments is just a few questions so that everyone gets to like know Like rapid you. fire. Yeah. yeah. Everyone gets to know you a little bit. Okay. What is the most incriminating thing in your house or purse? Ooh. My journal. Okay. okay. My computer. What, so like a digital and analog version yeah. of inner mm-hmm. thoughts. All right. Okay. okay. That's, That's very good. What is your favorite, one of your favorite childhood memories?
2: Hmm.
1: I would say this is not rapid fire. And Aaron's going to be like, what? <laughs> Once a year, our dad used to wake us up at like 4.30 in the morning to go salmon fishing. Oh. I hated it at the time. Mm-hmm. But now as an adult, I look back on it. I'm like, those were really good memories. Because I remember I caught like a 20-pound spring
2: salmon. And I'll never forget it. And I still mm-hmm. brag about it. It <laughs> <laughs> was a big deal when you caught that. That's, That's a big deal. It's been... A month every year, every summer in Canada with our dad. And so he would walk in, waking us up, clapping really loud. That part I don't miss.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't he sing or something or play the piano? Like did he have to clap?
2: Rude. Yeah. (gasps) I know. It's hurtful. Okay, what's yours, Aaron? Mine's like spending the summer with our mom and our sisters in Calabasas in our house. And like, we didn't have like a slide. So we would like makeshift like these like two things together on the ground and just like almost kill ourselves running and like sliding on them next to the pool. And it was like hot as hell. Oh, like a slip and slide. We had a slip and slide. Yeah, we'd create our own little slip and slide. And being with, uh, yeah, my sisters and my mom in the summer, it was like so cute. We had such a cute time. Oh, we're, too, I love that. we're so
0: young and innocent. We had no idea what we're doing. Right. World you had no problems. Like. <laughs> you had zero problems. Um, who, I, I think I know this, but who's the more talkative sibling? I think it's me. You think, Sarah, what do you think? Do you have a vote?
1: Yeah, it's Aaron. I mean, okay. I can't. Aaron, can has has
0: a, well, but <laughs> Aaron, Aaron has a lot to say because I think she's a writer. Right. Right. You have a lot of words. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Okay. Okay. Joanna, you want to ask right. the next one? Who's better at keeping a secret? Sarah.
1: Uh, By far, don't tell Erin anything. Same. Don't tell her
0: anything. I'm so not trustworthy. No. Like, I will immediately. And even if I say I'll keep a secret, there are like four to five people that I don't count as telling. Right. So I'm like, I will keep a secret minus those five people. Yes. (sighs) The thing is, is like, I'm not trying to betray people with real secrets. (laughs) It's that
2: I don't keep secrets and I tell everyone my personal business. So I forget that other people aren't the same way. And so I actually really appreciate someone could say to me like, you know, oh, I actually went out with that guy, but don't tell anyone. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you for saying don't tell anyone. Because I would never think that that was a secret. And I would say to someone like, oh yeah, they just so-and-so just went out with so-and-so because I would never think it's a secret. So I really appreciate when people tell me that something is private.
1: Aaron's like, "Hi, my name's Aaron. I got a nose job. That's, What's your name?" I'm like, "Oh my that's god, that's how I am. No one cares. I literally, I, I'm like, no one. What is wrong with you?" No,
0: I literally, <laughs> like, how many people have I told I got my medical labs done yesterday? <laughs> anybody everyone, that will, anyone, anybody who else anyone who will she listen, anyone who will listen. She was giving like cholesterol numbers to anybody I that wanted. I literally would walk did. By. I was like, "Aren't you proud that I got my LDL?" I, like, I just, I, I tell everyone everything. Yeah. That everything is just such um, outward consumption that I don't even, mm-hmm. I don't hold, have any secrets. Like, I am such an open book. I have no filter at all. I mean,
1: all. she also tells people I got a boot job. I'm like, <laughs> keep your shit to yourself. Well, that one's
2: a little. That one's a little uh, hard for you to
0: hide. That one's a little obvious. What? That is not true. <laughs> I think I. But I think that there's a there's something in just saying it out loud and being honest about it. And then it's like, there's, I clearly have no shame about it. You Mm -hmm. know, like, just like, let's get it out there. Let's say it. Okay. Last question. I swear. Okay. Do either of you have any hidden talents?
1: Hidden talents? I don't even have any obvious talents. What are, I don't even have, like, hidden? What's my talent? I don't even have one.
2: Oh, yeah. We don't have hidden or proven talents. I don't know. Cooking. If cooking is a is oh, a that's, talent. That's a I've, huge that's challenge.
0: huge. Yeah. I would be broadcasting that. That should never be mm-hmm. hidden. Yeah. I don't have any yeah. hidden talent. I don't even know how to heat up really microwave in the popcorn. I mean, the popcorn in the microwave. You don't even know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, wait. I have one. What?
0: I have one. I can twerk. Oh, oh I can't. Oh, I definitely yeah. can't. No. Um, you know who can? My eight-year-old son. Really? Which is, it's so, mm-hmm. he needs to Stop it. Oh, I've never seen this. I, don't ask him. Oh, I won't. Like will Like all of a sudden in like public places and I'm like, you're eight and you shouldn't do that. So I feel it. It's un- understandable.
1: I went to a lot of nightclubs in my early life. So yeah,
0: I dropped off the nightclub circuit early. I think that that's why I don't think I've ever been to one. Ever? Nah, oh. maybe one. <gasps> okay, well, we can remedy that. Nah. Okay, all right, so let's tell everyone where they can find you guys Everywhere once again. is where you can find them. Ev- everywhere. Yeah. Um, okay, you have a Netflix show coming out called Shiksa that Aaron wrote mm-hmm. and Sarah's producing. You guys have an incredible apparel line, favorite daughter. You have a podcast called The World's First Podcast with Aaron and Sarah Foster, which also makes me laugh. You guys are so freaking mm-hmm. funny. Um, You have so much success. We really just... You guys I would are say we look up to you, but you're we're really old. Yeah. So we're, we're, you're right. we can't we have look, look up to you. We have, we have to look, to look the, down on you. That way down, right. Yeah, we <laughs> have to, we have to right. look down on all of your talents. Right. Because but we're just, when we're
1: next to them, then we have to look up to them because they're also like
0: <laughs> Yes, that's right. If we're physically Amazon next to you, models. we have to look yeah. up. <laughs> I think one of the worst decisions we ever made was to take a photo with you guys once. And Joanna yeah. and I oh. were we come up to we come up to Aaron's boob job. <laughs> Sarah's boob job. <laughs> yeah, oh, Sarah's sorry, Sarah's boob job. Aaron's nose job, Sarah's boob job. Aaron's nose job, Sarah's we didn't boob hit job. Aaron's <laughs> nose job, though. We were too short. Right. We couldn't hit the nose, yeah. but we definitely hit the boobs. Okay. All right. We love you guys. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. So much. Seriously. This was Thank so you fun. guys so much. You're awesome. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, let's take a look in our DMs. Oh funny, this one's from a Sarah. It is from a Sarah. I don't I don't Sarah. think it's Sarah Foster, right. but I mean, it could be. So, because of your podcast, I'm now fully invested in the royal family. Thank you. I think that that's correct. How would you two react if they asked you to come organize a space in their home? Thank you for a great podcast and yes, pickle spears are trash. Um <laughs> Oh, okay. This has been on our wish list for years. We're on the next flight is the answer to this. I couldn't get there fast enough. I'm in Buckingham Palace's driveway. Yeah, 100%. I'm I'm in any of the palace's driveway. That would be fabulous. And to be fair, you know, we've had a lively discussion, let's say, about the various happenstances within the royal family and some of the disputes. Yeah. The disgruntled nature of some of the some of the complicated it's complicated yeah here's what I have to say not our family no it's not not. if they want us to come organize we We will be there we would come we you know what we are client service oriented there you go that is that is how we would handle it um but I would love to organize a crown or two like a tiara Love Love it. Love it. Okay, that is it for this episode. We are back on Tuesday. Um, Until then, we'll be back on Thursday with Best Friend Energy Unpacked. And remember to keep in touch with us at bestfriendenergypod.com. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on Best Friend Energy. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Energy. Best Friend Energy is a Hello Sunshine and Sony Music Entertainment production. Engineering and Mixing by Nashville Audio Productions. Our Senior Producer is Danielle Jones Wesley. Our Associate Producer is Cammie York. Our Executive Producer is Sarita Wesley. Our Executive Producers at The Home Edit and Hello Sunshine are Lauren Lagarde, Hillary Franchi, and, and us. A special thank you to Alex Zonneveld. See you next time. Being a mother has its challenges. You have to constantly grow and adapt as your baby does. And while our kids aren't diaper age anymore, we remember a few tricky years with diaper obstacles like blowouts. Oh, yes, I remember. Not to mention getting diapers on active babies. And you and I both know once your baby starts moving, the adventure really begins. That's why you need Pampers Cruisers 360. A lot of people think Pampers Cruisers 360 are just for potty training, but from my experience, it's actually the best diaper to use as soon as your baby's on the go. It doesn't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, it has a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband, which is a great hack to keep your baby from taking their diaper off, which, if you've ever experienced, can lead to chaos. And as you know from the home edit days, if we care about anything, it's organizing messes and controlling the chaos. And it really stretches with your baby for a comfortable fit so your baby can move freely. It also makes it so easy to change a wiggly baby who's on the move. Pampers Cruisers 360 with the new Blowout Barrier are available in sizes 3 to 7 and come in adorable new prints. The best part is that they are hypoallergenic and free of elemental chlorine bleaching, parabens, and latex. As mothers, we know how important it is to count on a great diaper. So for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Redeem Pampers cash, no cash value.